Just a little more time is all we're asking for. Just a little more time could open closing doors. Just a little love certainty can bring it down. with it, 
Um, and um, I want this to mention, um, today's the last day of Mental Health Awareness Month. I don't feel that there was that much um, awareness made out there, um, but all, all of, well, all of my advocating started because of mental health awareness, because of, of mental health um, due to myself, my children, after surviving domestic violence and post-separation abuse. Um, so mental health really is huge because um, so many narcissists and um, sociopaths and psychopaths and all those kind of mental illness, people with those kind of mental illness usually comes from childhood trauma undealt with. And if um, most of the time they got the proper help, they can they can lead somewhat of a normal life. You're not born an abuser. You're not born a sociopath, psychopath, narcissist, um, abuser. Um, yes, it's learned behavior. Um, it's a vicious cycle. But with help. Um, there are ways for some of these people possibly to get better or not to end up in that way. So I just wanted to bring that up. And tomorrow starts um, National, sorry, World um, Nurses Awareness Day. It's actually a day. Um, so... I just wanted to bring that up. Anyway, I'm going to bring our guest, Laura, on um, 516-531-9643. We'd love to hear from you. And, Laura, take it away. Hi, Bailey. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me on your show. My, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so let, you found me on Facebook to a group. I never got to ask. You. I did, and I, I wish I could remember which group, but I did. Um, I'm, you know, it's been my mission to to get my story out there, um, not just because mine is unique or anything, but because mm. I don't think enough people talk about it. Mm. Well, on this show we do, but everybody <laughs> has everybody has a story, and. It's not Absolutely. the same as everybody else's. Similar, we understand each other, but each person has their own unique story. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, you know that's that's what I'm out there doing, um, giving a voice to those that are looking to use their voice. Um, the people that come on that use aliases, um, you know, we do a lot of. I don't know if you've listened to any of my shows, but we do a lot of um, family court corruption awareness. Um, I'm very involved in court watching and seeing, you know, watching what's going on. Um, in Florida, we started an organization called Florida Protective Parents, um, and we're very, I'm very involved in that. Um, there's California Protective Parents. There's a couple of different states that started that. Um, so yeah, anyway, take it away. <laughs> um, like she said, my name is Laura Mosley. Um, I live in Indiana. 
And um, that is my real name. You can look me up on Facebook. Uh, not a problem. Mm-hmm. I do have an inspirational Facebook group called the DV Walking Wounded, and you mentioned the name. Um, the reason mm-hmm. I named it that, um, usually when you hear Walking Wounded, they're referring to veterans, and um, right. I did not want to disrespect right. veterans in any way. So I put DV for domestic violence in front of it because as survivors, we fought our own mm-hmm. wars behind closed doors. Yeah. So, and we still had to function every day. So that's kind of why I I chose that name. Well, I love it. And you um, bring up a very good, you bring up a, just a, you brought up a point that I should have thought of. um, And then I'm going to let you talk. Um, You know, it's been, it's a known fact that children, that their brains have been studied, um, that children who have, um, witness domestic violence or domestic abuse that their brains of the, are that of a vet. That means they lived in a war zone. So, you know, what you're stating is true. We lived in our own war zone. Um, so. Exactly. I know um, when I went to the doctor after I had um, survived the final episode uh she she saw my brain scan she said it looked like the the neurologist said I looked like I'd I'd been in active duty and like an active combat zone that's what it looked like um so but it was we were married for a total of 26 years but I know it was at least 23 uh because there was some time away and of course um after the fact but um I did, uh, I was married to a very, very abusive man uh, for 26 years. Our divorce was final um, exactly 26 years to the day that we got married. Ironically, the court said it like that, so I felt like it was meant to be. But uh, in uh, September of 2017, my um, ever abusive husband was, I don't know, going through something uh, that I found out later on was infidelity, and uh, I guess a person found out about him being married, but um, took it out on me, um, unfortunately beat me in front of two out of the three of my children, one of which was under, it was a minor, and um, which turns into a felony. So my middle child got my youngest child out of there, and um he proceeded to beat me after they left unconscious, and uh, I um, sustained a traumatic brain injury from that and um, a concussion. And as I'm, you know, trying to get away, he's, he's trying to strangle me. Uh, the day prior to this incident, he did try and uh, he shot at me. He did not hit me. It, the bullet went in my wall. And, you know, I've been to the gun range. I, I, you know, I'm, I am a gun owner. I've been to the gun range. Mm-hmm. It's never as loud as when you're, I don't know, it was just seemed like it was amplified and almost in slow motion when he shot at me. Um, he missed me. And, and I think it was more of a, he was thinking about it, you know, and, and, you know, what you see in the news and unfortunately, unfortunately, many people pass away because at the hands of their abusers mm-hmm. is they mm-hmm. do these like test steps to see if they're 
they have the courage to take it out to the next level, unfortunately. Um, and I believe that that was the case. I think he had, it had crossed his mind and maybe he didn't quite feel as strongly about it. I don't know. This is just my theory, but the day prior did right. shoot at me. Uh, then, then, um, the next day was very violent. After um, I escaped him, he tore the house apart. Uh, my oldest oh my child goodness. raced home from dinner with friends, calling the police on the way, and uh, got between he and I before the police got there. So that's unfortunately like had a huge. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, had a huge show for the neighbors. No. Um, and <laughs> yeah, <come on>. sorry, <laughs> no. It's just like but, when you said tore the house apart. I, you know, I'm remembering what what happened in my situation. It's pretty damn scary. But go on. I'm sorry. It, it you know, it is. But I I have to say, and I, I know I, I've tried to do as much mental health awareness this month as possible. Your brain is a pretty interesting thing when it protects you, and it almost is like. And I, I can't say this is the same for every person that has been through traumatic abuse but it's almost like on certain episodes certain violent episodes it's almost like right. I was watching it on television right and it's a dis- it's a yeah. disconnection it's a disassociation to protect you mm-hmm. which I found out later which is a pretty right. honestly neat feature um I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that you know we were designed with that feature sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. um, because it it, it helps maintain our sanity at least at the time I mean we have to deal with the fallout of it later unfortunately um but you know my marriage started when I have oh yeah absolutely. I have one question mm-hmm. yeah okay so he beat you and you didn't call the police well uh, he beat me in front of my child and I saw that my child was watching and I immediately got up off the ground and ran to him. But my abuser caught up with me. Meanwhile, my middle child got to him, got to the, the youngest one first, put him in her car and drove off with him. So it was kind of a ongoing combat situation where, you know, once I, I couldn't find him as, as he, you know, I have, to have my abuser has, has me locked in his arm. And I'm calling for him, and I hear them drive away. And I try to get away from him in my room. I try to shut myself in my bedroom, and, of course, he follows me. And locks us in the room and keeps limiting my area. Um, so, I, you know, <laughs> I could have gotten to a phone and so prior you, to that your beating. Daughter didn't, your daughter didn't call the police? No, she didn't. Um, she was, mm-hmm. I, I think, in a little bit of shock that she mm-hmm. drove my youngest one to her best friend's house, which was eh, about three, three, four miles away for, for his safety and came back. And I'm, I don't, I, you know, I honestly, I haven't asked her if she came back to, to, you know, with that intention, I don't know what she thought she was going to do, but, um, you know, she, uh, we, honestly, we've never talked about that part, but she did call my oldest who was having dinner with friends about, Ooh, about 30 miles away in another town and told, told him what was going on. He, you know, paid for his dinner and leave and, you know, was surprised he didn't get a speeding ticket to get to me 
but while he was on his way, he's calling the police um, mm-hmm. to report, you know, what was going on, basically to keep, you know, to protect me. Um, he, uh, and then, you know, but after I had been knocked unconscious and regained consciousness, although I have to say I was very woozy and out of it, so that part gets a little blurry. But I remember, you know, my oldest child getting in between his father and I, Mm -hmm. putting himself, I mean, you know, 20-something-year-old child, you know, trying to go in nose-to-nose with his father, which is not what I wanted either. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to leave the, the location. That's all I was trying to do. But I was, you know, a little loopy at that point. So... Yeah, and that's that's I feel like that's why things kind of went down that way. I mean, she knew she did what she knew to do is you know call her older siblings. So I, I can't you know you know be upset about that. But I, I you know I honestly never asked her why she never went ahead and called the police. Did they ever come? Because you're saying this went on for a couple of days. Yeah. No. Well. No. That the the final episode was over the course of about two to three hours. I mean. You know, it was heated arguments and stuff in the beginning. Uh, the reason I didn't call the police is because he broke my phone right then and there, right, right. before he, right. you know, beat me in front of my youngest. So I didn't, I don't, no longer had a house like a landline. So right. that was my only option. And it was a, it was a flip phone because he had previously broken my smartphone right. because right. he kept ac- accusing me of, of infidelity. When it was uh-huh. actually him, but oh my God, this is like I'm like deja vu. I, I feel it, like I'm listening know, and, to myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's almost like they went to the same college or something. I don't know where they learned this, but like you said, it is learned behavior. But it's almost like it's a natural adaptation when somebody decides to, or you know, goes down the dark path of being a narcissist. I guess, but. Um, you know, basically their, their job is, it's, it's not, it's not love or jealousy or anything like that. It's power and control. So that's what they become all consumed with is controlling the the person that they're supposed to be loving. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because it's their love or whatever they're, they're capable of turns into an obsession where, where you're their main supply. And then exactly. when you talk about him calling, you know, him saying you were cheating on him, he was gaslighting you because that's probably what he was doing. I think that was exactly what he was doing, which, of course, you know, you yeah. find out after the fact later on. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it, it gets to the point, and I, 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 the main question people usually ask me is, why would you let it go on so long? Well, you know, people that want to maintain their marriage that love that genuinely love that person. There's always this hope Mm -hmm. that they're going to change Mm -hmm. and they promise you the moon and deliver Mm -hmm. nothing, you know, or very little. And, you know, you want to hope that they're going to change. You want to, you want to believe them that they're, you know, things are going to be vastly different. And they, they are for a while, a lot of times, but then it just, kind of unravels and goes back to the direction that it was going. In fact, usually worse. And, um, you know, I didn't find out about the cycle of abuse 
In fact, I I wouldn't have even admitted to you that I was being abused until that twenty about two thousand ten. We married in ninety three, but by about two thousand ten, I was pretty weary, and I stayed home sick one day. I don't know if I was sick myself or with a sick child. I can't remember that detail, but I was watching an Oprah Winfrey show, and they were doing kind of like a series of exposés on. One of this one happened to be, you know, violence against women. And mm-hmm. they, in the beginning of the show, they, they went over what domestic violence was. And it's so much more than just intimate partner violence, which is what everybody thinks domestic violence is. But, right, um, right. And then, and then it, yeah, absolutely. And then it launched into this horrible phenomenon that I had no idea occurred. But, what, you know, before, the, before they launched into that, I was sitting there thinking, I feel like they're watching me in my living room. Am I being abused? It's almost like a light bulb flickered on. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure at that point. I just thought maybe he was just a little, you know, he had he was bipolar or, mm-hmm. you know, borderline personality. I really wasn't sure, but I knew something was going on, and it couldn't all just be me. Um, so, you know, and then, of course, I watched this horrible phenomenon that they talked about later on in the show, it was called bride burning, which occurs in India, and it's really, really horrific. <clears throat> so I just, you know, it's, it was at that point where I'm like, you know, and then you start thinking. And if anybody has been through abuse and survived it, they become overthinkers a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I'm a classic overthinker. I'm like, well, she's going to abuse me. He's definitely going to abuse the children. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I was all the time getting in between he and my children right. and taking the brunt of the abuse so he would not do that. I was to where I could, you know, wouldn't leave them alone, although you can't leave them, not leave them alone 100% of the time. You know, at some point you're going to have to go to work. At some point you're going to have to go to the store or on a trip or something. And, you know, he did do what, you know, he did abuse my kids, He, you know made, you know, Mm -hmm. them endure, you know, horrible punishments and, you know, things like that, withholding things from them and things like that. And it's just, you know, some similar things that he did to me. And it's almost like we were all possessions, which really irritated me. And, and, you know, I'd go back and forth about, you know, well, you know, what's, what's the godly thing to do? No, I shouldn't leave him. I should go, we should have counseling and, you know, and, and went down that route as well which counseling never seemed to work out. Of course It was not. always, mm-hmm. I was the problem. We'd start mm-hmm. off strong, but after a couple of visits, then it was usually just me going to the visit or stopping it altogether. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's, and it's, I, I find it interesting. I mean, now, I guess, having been through all of the forms of, of violence, unfortunately, is offered, um, you know, how much different, how many different things that, that abusers can do, you know, there's emotional, there's verbal, there's, of course, physical, uh, sexual, financial, spiritual, um, there's just all these different types or different tools in their tool bag that they use mm-hmm. to break a person down and, and control them. And I know a lot of times people think it's just only physical, kind of like a streetcar named Desire, and it's it's not. And, you know, when I'm I'm sitting 
like on a panel talking with other survivors, you know, inevitably one will go, wow, go, my abuse isn't as bad as yours. Well, it's not a contest, though, because abuse is abuse and it's wrong. Right. You know, just because if, if, if an abuser is just emotionally and verbally abusive, that's still abuse. And I, feel, right. I don't know about you, but I feel like that's harder to get over than the physical part is. <clears throat> because that sticks, the verbal and emotional stick with you a lot right. longer than the physical. The physical heals. But right. unfortunately, that is, you know, it's not a contest. If somebody's being abusive, then they're being abusive, period. And it's just wrong. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so um, um, let's take a couple steps back. I'm trying to understand. So okay. he was physical, physically abusive throughout your marriage. Besides, off and on, yes, uh, off and on. And mm-hmm. um, when your eldest child came back. Nobody, so the police didn't show up? Um, well, I, my oldest was calling them when um, on the way, but we live in a very rural area of Indiana, and it kept dropping the call. So mm-hmm. once, once he got to the county line, basically, of the county that I live in, service picked up, and he, he was able to call the police. And, you know, tell them, this I'm was almost after there. he shot at you? He Did shot he... at me the day prior in an, in an argument. Oh. But the violent oh, episode okay. was basically hands-on the next day, yeah, that evening. Wow. So, um, yeah, and the police did take a little bit of time to get there, but five police cruisers showed up. And, mm-hmm. and you know, by this time, you know, after... My oldest came home. He got there first, got in between us, went nose to nose with his dad. Um, we both got out of the house, and that was when my abuser decided to tear the house up. And while he's doing that, that's when the police arrived. I was sitting in my car just, like, shaking like a leaf, couldn't control it, almost like I was freezing, but I wasn't. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they, they go in. They go in to try and subdue him, and he runs. He run. He ran about a mile away before they caught up with him. Unfortunately, wow. And um, wow, they did. And you know, tearing up right. a house is a crime, also. Breaking oh, things yeah, they, is a crime. Was, oh, absolutely. It was. I mean, that was just. That was so embarrassing. Um, what was embarrassing about it, I guess, at the time, I mean, it, they have to do what they have to do, and the police were very kind about it. Um, they had to go in and take pictures. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go in with them. They're like, no, 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 you're, you're fine. You talk, you you know, we, we're, we've got the ambulance coming. We want them to check you out. And I'm like, no, I'm fine, not realizing what I looked like um, because he had spit food at me at one point. Um, I was starting to turn black and blue. I had marks around my neck, um, you know, so I didn't, I didn't know what I looked like. I was just, I was honestly functioning on adrenaline, I think, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But they made me stay outside the house while they, you know, and I kept going, I'm sorry, it normally doesn't look like this, apologizing the whole time. Oh. So um, You're a real victim. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, then, you know, while when he runs out the back door, my middle child who had come back by at that point saw him and alerted one of the police officers, hey, my dad just ran out the back door. And as she's pointing, she's showing the officer which way he went. She slipped and twisted her ankle. So I refused treatment at the the ambulance outside my house because I knew that was going to be expensive. And I said, hey, I'm just going to drive her over there. I want to make sure her leg's okay. And the officer was interviewing me, looked at me and goes, okay, but I'm going to meet you over there. And I said, yes, sir, okay, even though I think he was the age of my oldest child, but very nice, very, very good at what he did. And, um, you know, I got to the emergency room with her, and they're trying to put me in a wheelchair. And I'm like, no, 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 it's her. I I looked a lot worse than I knew. Um, and I didn't, right. I didn't realize it. I didn't see it until I saw the pictures later on when we were preparing for court. I was like, it looks awful. I look like I've been through a refugee camp. I look like I've, you know, been tortured for secrets or something. And it, it was, I didn't realize how bad. But I guess so it was, let's, you know, they, yeah, go ahead. Go on. Sorry. No, you go on. Oh, that's okay. You know, I was embarrassed by them having to take, see my house like that, take pictures of that. And then once everybody got situated, um, the young police officer that was helping me says, you know, I hate to, but we have to take pictures. And I said, oh, right. Okay. And they had to take pictures of me from mm-hmm. Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize that, or if they do, you know, that might be one of the reasons they don't say anything, but it's, they have to document. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, I looked worse two days after the fact than I did that night. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just because yep. bruises, you know, blood comes to the mm-hmm. surface and all of that. So mm-hmm. um, I did, uh, and I did, you know, let the police officer know they didn't come take any more pictures, which was good, but. But, yeah, I had to have, you know, an MRI and all kinds of things that night because of of the abuse. They were more concerned about me than they were my daughter. She basically had a really bad sprain and had to wear a boot. That was the extent of her injury. And she was was a minor or she wasn't? Um, No, she was. She was over 18 at the time. So, Uh no, it was just my youngest one. He He was 10 at the time. And uh, didn't you know? Of course, I don't so care how old your child thinking, is. They're not going to understand that. Were you thinking at all about your children having witnessed what they witnessed? Oh yeah, I was. I was horrified. I, my daughter, I don't remember a lot of it. I guess because I was right. so worried about her when we were at the ER, and I was worried about my youngest. I kept apologizing to her. I'm so sorry. And she's like, that's not your fault, mom. It's not your fault. But um, they must have seen things over time. Like that couldn't have been the first time. Oh yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They, and, I know a lot of times we did, I didn't want to argue in front of the children uh, because I knew he usually made it physical um, at some point or would say really horrible, mean evil things so we would go in our bedroom and close the door I mean but you know walls are thin kids can hear that mm-hmm. they can hear it they can hear the commotion they can hear the words um, 
So yeah, absolutely. And did, did I know they they've ever, seen things. Did they, ever, did they ever say to you, Mom, why are you staying? You know, um, there towards the end, yeah, they did. And and even even you know, kind of more you know early on. You know, I would make excuses for him. Oh, he didn't mean mm-hmm. to say that. Mm-hmm. He was mad. He shouldn't have done that. He's very sorry. And, you know, later on, after the fact, my kids were like, yeah, you were always smoothing things over from him. We never got an apology from him. It was from you for him. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I I own that. I remember doing that. And because, you know, I'm, I've always been the fixer. I've always, as ever right. since I was a mm-hmm. young child, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that, the role we're that I pick. obtained. We're hand we are. Picked. We're hand We picked. are. And when you say that, it's just so people realize, wow, they must have seen how weak I was. No, they don't pick weakness. They pick strength. So if you are a super nice, super caring, smart individual, they go for the best of the best. So victims right. don't need to the think fixers, that they were picked the em- because they're weak. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, he, um, because he and I actually met um, when I was 18 and he was 20. So he observed me for about, mm. Mm, about six months. Mm. So he was we, in a we, worked, we worked together. So he was... He grew up in a, an abusive environment or whatever, or something happened to him he, as a kid. He did. And, you know, he, when he told the story, his mom divorced his dad when, they, when he was five. He was the youngest of three. Um, I, we lived with his mother very early on in our marriage because we had a brand-new baby. And I talked to her mm-hmm. quite often, and she said that his dad, yeah, his dad abused her. And and I'm like, how much of that did he see? Oh, he I don't think he saw any of it. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if he saw it, if he heard it, or if he mm-hmm. watched the behaviors of his mm-hmm. parents. He mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, you don't know what he, he did. What else? Right. You don't know what else. I mean, you're only listening to what she told you. You know, right. half the stuff, you know, when someone is in denial or never gets the proper help, they're not going to tell you the real story. Well, I think mom. she was telling me what she wished to be true. Right. She was, exactly. she was probably, she was a young mother at one point being abused by, by her husband. She was a stay at home mom. So he really right. had her trapped and, you know, I, I think she was she was just communicating, oh, I, I hope he didn't see anything. Right. I think he saw more than he realized. Of course. So. So did, was, your, was your ex arrested? I mean. He was. Did he, um, did he go to, did he do jail time? He did. He was in jail. Um, well, when, after my, I took my daughter to the ER and they took my pictures and everything after we were done, we got home at about three in the morning and it was, Mm -hmm. we were tired. You know, I was just, I I couldn't, of course, 
you know, the house is a mess. My bedroom was a mess. I had to clear off stuff off my bed. And I had my little dog with me, my two little dachshund dogs with me, and we went to sleep. And um, before he had left, had told me, he's going to be at court tomorrow. Um, you know, you're, you have the right to be there. And I said, mm-hmm. why would I want to be there? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, the judge could call on you and say, hey, why does he need to be here? And, you know, he, he didn't say a lot, but he what he said had, had impact. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go to sleep. I told my daughter, I said, I'm going to get up and, and go, to, go to court tomorrow. I need, I need to go and make this stick. And mm-hmm. she looked at me all surprised, and then she goes, okay, well, I'll go with you. And I said, no, you mm-hmm. don't have to see your dad like that. I appreciate that. But no, she was insistent. So we made mm-hmm. sure the youngest one, he didn't go to school the next day. Um, he'd been through a lot. <laughs> They're going to send him to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he stayed with my oldest. Um, they stayed at the house and hung out. And we went to court the next day. And that's where I met the domestic violence advocate that I still know mm-hmm. and I'm still friends with. She's great. She introduced herself mm-hmm. to me and um, you know, asked me what I needed, you know, was I okay? You know, did I just talk to anybody? She could set up appointments and she was great. And, mm-hmm. and of course my husband, then husband was in the last group. They had three groups of, of people that were arrested that had to sit before the judge and it was really crowded in there. So I, uh, I took a seat and my daughter did, and her friend came to support us and brought her baby with her. And, you know, so as we're sitting there, and he's getting to the second group, she, her friend elbows her, she elbows me, shows me her smartphone. We had made the news in this little rural tiny town. And wow. I'm looking, I go outside the courtroom to watch this. And they had been standing right in front of my house. It shows my house number and everything talking about, you know, the, the domestic, the alleged domestic abuser that ran. And I was horrified. I was completely horrified. I started crying. That's how upset I was about it. And um, showed the, my uh, advocate. And um, she's, uh, she's trying to calm me down. And I'm like, what do I do? And she said, we'll deal with this later. You have to be, go before the judge. Um, mm-hmm. If he asked Let you, see what the judge did like. call me up there. Right. Sure, right. he did call me up there um, and asked me, you know, um, what, you know, what he, you know, did he do this? And I said, yes, Your Honor, he did. And you know, he said, do you fear, do you fear for your safety? And I said, and and my advocate told me later on, wow, we were impressed. She was so impressed because it sounded like I I did this out of a textbook. I said, yes, sir, yes, right. sir, Your Honor, I fear for my life and the lives of my children. Mm-hmm. And I could, see, I, I, I could see in my peripheral vision my husband sitting there in shackles and an orange jumpsuit glaring at me. <clears throat> but I didn't care because um, I had reached my saturation level. I couldn't do it anymore. So. <clears throat> wow. I... I did it, and then I felt like I was going to vomit <laughs> when I got off the stand. 
and I had to go out in the on the uh, outside the court um, room for air because I really thought I was going to throw up. That was the hardest thing I think so, I've ever had to do. So how long how long did he get? Um, honestly, he made bond the next day. Oh my God. After his he mother tried to run from borrowed the money. Yeah, his mother borrowed money. And they said it a little higher than normal, uh, I think, because of that. But his mother borrowed money from her brother, and they bonded him out. And um, But there was an emergency protective order in place because I, of what mm-hmm. I had said. And he was to have no contact with me. Um, or they want to kill house, you, they'll kill you. Right. Exactly. It is just a piece of paper, but it does make a trail for right. you know prosecution if if need be. So if they would have killed back. So what? Right. If, how, did he get? I, I'm just curious to know how much how much time he got in the end, because it was almost attempted murder. <laughs> they could have gone after well, him he, for that. Right. He violated the 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 protective order four four times uh-huh. and only went to jail twice. And um, when it was all said and done, his attorney was trying to wear out the judge. And I will put a note in here. This judge um, has, is not known for being very savvy on domestic violence cases. And the reason I say that is because the, when I went through what I had the year prior, there was another lady with the same first name as me, um, she did all the same steps I did, did everything right, and they could not find anything to hold her husband on, and he was released, and he left and killed her and then himself. And I was scared witless that that was going to repeat itself. So, and this judge was still practicing? Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. So such corruption. Well, so, um, I will say in his in the in the judge's defense, he really did not have a lot to hold him on. Um, what he was mean? releasing him. I mean, he he didn't well, have a lot. Well, he violated of the restraining it. order. That's jail time. Mm-hmm. Four times. It should have never happened. Four times. He should have just been kept in jail. I <laughs> would agree. Um, at one point. Um, my then mother-in-law called me one night when they picked him up after he'd violated four times. They only picked him up twice more um, and because they, they got him like late at night. And I was ironically again at the ER with my daughter who was having stomach issues. Um, and I'm, I'm, we're late. We're in a dark room because the ER was busy that night and I'm asleep and my phone wakes me up and she, I, it's her on the phone. And she's screaming at me because they, they had a, they had a warrant. They came and got him. Mm-hmm. I kept every time he violated, I had to call the police, even though mm-hmm. I was a messed up, nervous wreck, and cried right. the whole time and wrote out the report. Mm-hmm. I did it every time because my daughter mm-hmm. made me do it. And mm-hmm. and this is her own dad. So yep. I have to say she's a very smart, brave young lady. She knows what he did was wrong, 
But I'm in the ER with her that night, and my mother-in-law calls me screaming at me because the police broke in, and there were five of them coming to get him because they knew he'd be home, and they knew he'd be asleep. And they came and picked him up and took him to jail. And he stayed in jail for three or four days um, before they had a hearing to um, – they put a um, ankle monitor on him. So he, you know, he couldn't violate anymore because it would go off if he was in. But why the didn't they just of, lock him up for beating you? Well, that's that's one of the reasons why the other Laura died. There's not a lot of legislation that holds domestic abusers, uh-huh. alleged domestic abusers, for very long. And that's one of the things that I am now trying to work on so that nothing like this can happen. So, so in the end, how many times did he end up getting? Front. <laughs> You're going to like this. His attorney, his tactic was to wear the judge down so the judge would forget. And um, his attorney presented that how much money this would cost the taxpayers because I had to work with the county prosecutor and they were all ready to take this to, to trial. Um, and, um, the judge sided with his attorney that it would cost the taxpayers too much money. And he got, uh, six months house arrest and, um, and then it turned into a misdemeanor if he was successful at that. And, um, because they had drug, his, his attorney had drug it out 18 months at this point. So to get this done and over with, um, and then I asked the prosecutor, you know, the prosecutor's office, now what? And he said, there's nothing we can do. Sorry. So, but in, in, in between all this time, while he was supposed to be on probation, staying away from me, throughout our, um, you know, is it, it themed through our whole marriage even, he's an alcoholic. And no, the alcohol did not make him mean. I think it made him bolder. But he continued his drinking, found a girlfriend. Um, they had an argument, and um, they broke up, I guess. He gets on his motorcycle, drunker than a skunk, and hits a pole and just about dies. And um, ended up they had to amputate his leg. So when this is all said and done, that was another reason that the judge didn't feel like he was any more of a danger to me because he was missing a leg. And I right. was you can't take kind of on board with just... that. <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of on board with that because, no, I didn't think he would be able to run after me, but ah. he could always get somebody else to do it. Um, he, needed mm-hmm. to go to, he needed to go to jail, at least, or prison, mm-hmm. and that wasn't happening. Yeah. He got off with a misdemeanor. For, so for nearly did you ever me. go after this judge? Like, did you ever, like, bring them to the forefront, you know, to show the, the history and pattern of what this judge did? No, actually what I did is um, when they had this, and they call it Laura's Law, and it's not for me, it's for the other Laura. Um, they tried to push this through legislation, and it just did not go anywhere. Um, so that, that bill petered out, unfortunately. So I was very, this whole time, I'm like smoldering about this because I think he should go to jail or, or mm-hmm. prison. Uh, but instead, um, 
I encouraged my middle child to encourage him to get on disability at least so he could, I don't know, be a better man for his children somehow. Mm. Um, but I started looking into what it, what it would take to revive this bill. And the person that was, that was um, over this bill was no longer in office. It was our area. So I looked up that person, his replacement, basically, uh, that came into office. And I contacted him. Um, I did it formally. I also, and then I got on change.org and I started a petition. And I, because I, I had all my information there about what it was about, you know, uh, information about the lady that unfortunately had to die at the hands of her abuser because if he wasn't, if he couldn't have her, nobody was going to have her. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, I got on change.org one early Sunday morning, couldn't sleep anymore because I had been basically gnawing on this. And um, she, she, uh, she, I guess, kind of haunted me in a way because she didn't get any justice. I mean, I at least got to live. So, so I went ahead and, you know, formalized the petition, um, sent it contacted his office and I just, you know, started publishing that, that, that change.org link everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) within two hours, the state representative contacted me personally on Facebook because people were linking this to him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, give me a call. I thought, well, this is neat. (laughs) So, um, I did. I, I gave him a call and he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, um, you know, I really am all interested in hearing about this. Um, can we, can we talk later? Um, I'd really like to know more about it. I'm, I'm, you know, about to go in and eat dinner with my family, uh, or go to church with my family and then eat dinner. Can, you know, can you, can I call you at this date and time? And I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely. So we did talk and we got to, um, I, I told him about, you know, the other Laura and, and what happened to her and what happened to me. And he's like, I'm all about this. We're about to have, you know, a daughter. Um, I, I, absolutely. I, I want to be a part of this. So uh, he put it in the, the 2022 session. And unfortunately it did not get its day in the sun because the, the state session goes from January to March. Um, mm-hmm. You have to start early. They are, yeah, they they are doing a summer session because they want to get all the legal jargon correct so they can present it for the 2023 session in January and make sure that it goes through. And it gives me goosebumps every time I talk about it. Um, so what? Want, so what is the what exactly is the the law um, that you the bill that you're trying to get? What what's in the bill that you're trying to get passed? what this is, um, this gives judges cause to hold a domestic abuser for up to 72 hours for the presentation of more evidence. So if more evidence is given, then they can say no bond or set it ridiculously high, however they feel like they need to deal with it. So this 
something like this does not happen again. While I am lucky that this did not happen to me, uh, she is not, and we can't bring her back. And her daughter got engaged last summer, and now she has neither a father nor a mother to be there for her mm. at her wedding because her dad decided to take that away. And he didn't get that right. Um, so and that's, that's, that's where I'm the going only thing that. in the That's the only thing in the bill? No, I mean, there, there's there's a lot. I can bring that up. There's a lot more. Um, send, send me a link because I would like to add it to the show. I can, absolutely. I can, because I guess what, my besides, yeah, besides, besides what, you know, what people ask, what did you do to deserve that, you know, and all of this. Don't listen to those I've had haters. people go, well, you know, and I, not anymore, but what gets me was the questions of, okay, so what can you do about it? Not anything you could do about it. Well, yeah, there actually is something I can do about that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, let me see. So basically, I'm bringing up my petitions here. Let me I'm going to um, give out our number again. <laughs> People, we'd love okay. to hear from you. 516-531-9643. 516-531-9643. We have incredible survivor warrior um, with us tonight of domestic violence, narcissistic, psychopathic, whatever abuse. Um, mm-hmm. And she's fighting for a bill to go to get passed in the next session. Um, I'm all familiar with. Um, we've been trying to. Get, we tried this year to get. And I'll tell you about it after a bill passed um, because of a horrific story here in Florida. And unfortunately, it passed the first round unanimously, but it did not get through the second. And I watched all the corruption. It's so horrific. It's so, so horrific. Um, <clears throat> it's crazy. But in, I would have to say that, it, you know, I had horrific you know, my, my, I had a horrific situation with, with police, um, for two and a half years, but my ex did go to jail. Um, right. And not for, I, I, I'll get to that after, but go on. Can, oh, t- no tell problem. Me about the I'm, so basically, I mean, and I gave you an overview. Um, oh, you send it to me. Okay. So I'll link it to yeah. the show. Um, Okay. Because I'm on Buzzsprout and SoundCloud and mm-hmm. a couple of other um, platforms that you can get off my website. Um, mm-hmm. So this this is posted all over. So you know, and I'll put it and, on you know, Facebook. And they don't have to, right? And they don't have to be residents of the state of Indiana to sign it. Because right. quite honestly, if if thing that are in other states. I always urge people check your domestic violence laws because you will be right. sorely surprised at how lax they are. And oh, I know. You, you know, we your, know here. Your state might <laughs> might you know go, hey, Indiana did this. I like this. Let's get some of this verbiage. Let's yeah. make this work for our state. So, and I only right. have nine hundred and sixteen signatures. I haven't even well, gone to a thousand. I, but I I only got to a couple hundred before he noticed. Okay. So this is recent? So basically, I'm sorry? So this is recent I that sent, you started this? 
Um, actually, I started this last July, so it's almost a year old, my, my little quest here. Um, but he didn't get it to the session until January. That was They were working on this. So basically, the preference of this law, it provides that if a court denies a request, an arrest warrant involving a crime of domestic violence, a prosecuting attorney may petition a court to hold an ex parte hearing to present additional evidence to establish, establish probable cause. And so basically what they can do is they can go, hey, we can get court records uh, from, from a previous time. We can get his work ethic. We can get this. We can get this. Here, Your Honor, here is the evidence. We need to hold him for her safety. Or his, you know, I mean, and I'm saying, you know, victims being women, not necessarily, but a victim and an abuser. So we're going to hold the abuser so the victim can be safe and we can, you know, look at this further and prosecute this properly. That's what this bill is, is, is trying to do. But where we get hung up, and I know he, um, the state representative brought on another state representative because she has authored a lot more domestic violence and women's uh, protection bills that she would be more expert in that. What they're going to do is they called a special summer session and they have to get special permission to do that, to look at this bill, say, okay, and this is a horrible analogy. How do we make this bulletproof? So this will go through in the 2023 session. How do we do that? What needs to come out of the bill? What needs to go into the bill? Um, and I've, you know, volunteered friends who are attorneys for the um, Indiana Coalition Against Domestic Violence to be in on this, too. So hopefully I get an audience with these two great state representatives in order to get this done, because this is a this is passionate. Not only does it bear my name, but it's not really my name. I'm doing this for another Laura who didn't get to say anything doing an amazing thing about you're doing an amazing thing. Well, Absolutely I, I'm amazing. looking at the big picture. I don't want anybody else to die because the fact that Gabby Petito had to die or anything, mm-hmm. anybody else of that nature, every time I turn on the news, somebody has died at the hands of their domestic partner of some sort, whether it's a past or present one, and it's not fair. It's not fair to the person that was being abused. It's not fair to the children, whether they passed away too or are now orphans. It's just, it's not, it's not that abuser's choice. They don't get to choose. Well, I'm, because I'm no one has the right to bully little, another. I'm so shocked that in a little town that you live in, in Indiana, that they didn't, you said the news was there. And, you know, so it was, it was a big deal, but the judge and the prosecutor didn't find it a big deal. Um, the, the prosecuting attorney did, and they, they kind yeah, of – Yeah, but he um, didn't fight. He didn't fight, didn't fight it. for you. Well, no, because, they changed prosecuting attorneys in the middle of all this because I said it went over like 18 mm. months. And then the, the newer prosecuting attorney was friends and former coworker with my ex-husband's attorney. So then it became a, an issue. So I had some things stacked against me. I will say I'm thankful to God that I didn't die. Um, but I think things could have went a lot better than they did. However, you know, I, 
you know, what the, the, the one person that said, well, what do you, it wasn't your fault, but what can you do about it? This is what I can do about it. I, right. you know, I'm not going to rest until I get this passed through somehow, some way. And I have and great, I a great, you, will. you know, state rest. I, Thank I you. I appreciate you that. Well, what, what I would be doing is I'd be, do you have a clip of, can you get a clip of the news? That happened to you or um, happened to he, the other Laura? Um, you know, the, the what happened to the other Laura did make the national news. That judge did make the national news. And, you know, he had some reporters asking him some hard questions. Um, but um, he, what it comes down to is he didn't hold her abuser. He didn't hold him. He let him go. I mean, you know... She already had, but the, that same uh, judge is still on the bench. Yes, yes, he is, and um, and he runs unopposed. So and he um, say that again. He runs what? He he. Every time he runs, he's unopposed. I don't know what that means. He doesn't. There's nobody running against him for his seat. Uh oh. Uh, uh, ever. Okay. Okay. And and. Uh. That's, that's, you know, so I can't fight that. I, I don't have a law degree. I, I can't run for a judge. I wouldn't want that job anyway. That's a tough job. Well, but her family, her family didn't hold this judge accountable. Um, You know, I'm not sure about, I, I didn't really know her. I only met her, sadly, I only met her once. Our daughters were in 4-H together. She was always very quiet, read a book. But, you know, knowing what I know about her now, I get her. Right. I think she and I would have right. been friends because we were going through the same things. We we did, we did used the same coping mechanisms. I sat in a chair and watched my child and sat by myself and read a book, too, you know, or tended to my younger one that wanted to go play in the dirt, you know, outside the 4-H building. Um, you know, so I, I understand her. I, she she was in a she was in a dark place. She didn't talk to anybody. Uh, very pretty lady. Um, everybody that that knew her talked about what a sweet person she was. And you know she, her her daughter is going to be married soon. And she had Horrible. you know that mother of the bride position taken away from her. She didn't get to see her daughter grow up and and you know graduate are you in college. Touch and, and her, are you in touch with her daughter? I tried to get in touch with her daughter. Um, I messaged her on Facebook and a couple of um, Laura's, um, I think one was her sister, and I'm not sure how the other person was related. I looked at Laura's former Facebook page um, and tried to reach out to some people. I never got a response. Um, I'm hoping, you know, if we can get this bill passed right before we get it signed into law that I can get a hold of at least her daughter. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, try, I'm trying to respect. Speak. Right, but if she if, she, if you can get her to speak in front of legislation, that would be very powerful. And and that's yeah, and and I'm you know I'm not trying to steal her thunder from her for her special time. Um, I'm oh, also you know trying to respect her privacy, but I've I've uh, I'm I would very much like to get a hold of her and and say, look, your mom deserved to live, but since we can't make that happen maybe because of, you know, what she went through, other people can live, you know, and, and I think so they did, need to did, hear. 
Did you ever look up the statutes of domestic violence in your state? I did, and, and I have to say there's not a lot of detail there. And, and, and this is, and I'm sure you've come across this too, in a lot of states, there's not a lot of detail because we have to put detail behind it because the abusers are hiring excellent attorneys and finding loopholes. Just like my ex-abuser had an attorney that knew to wear that judge out and get it off the book, and he did his job. And I think was paid around twenty-five dollars to $35,000 by my former in-laws. But is that what wow. my life was worth? I don't know. You know, I, I, he would have gotten a lot more severe punishment if I died, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to pay that price. So, and you know, stuff like this, it makes me angry. And then I'm in touch with other people that are trying to, you know, put things into law because they've lost a daughter or um, actually I know three people that have lost daughters to domestic violence and are very influential in this. And, and there has to be some kind of momentum. There has to be details behind these statutes and these laws yeah, I, in order that's to. One of the things, like, that it's one of my biggest complaints is, you know, I went through um, in my post-separation of abuse, um, well, I was beaten and my my son saved my life. But that was like the first time he really, not that they didn't lay hands on me before, but that was like the first time it was like that. And again, my marriage was 20, over 20 years, 21 years. Um, mm-hmm. And it was more verbal, mental, emotional. It was more coercive control. Um, right. You know, he sucked me in. Um, I was very young also when I got married. So, um, and of course, yes, we, you know, we make excuses and everything. But I think that if there would have been more, and I don't know, okay, but I think that if there would have been more violence towards me, my family would not have allowed me to stay in that marriage. Um, I think. You know, because I always say when he beat me, the best thing he did, it came out of nowhere. Um, It was the best thing he did because I got so numb, I was able to to leave, well, to separate from him. Now, I I had kids that called, you know, like you said, you know, your, your younger, your daughter called the older sibling who called the police. My son that was home called the police. And mm-hmm. he was, what, not even 17 at the time. Right. He called his older brother that was in school about 25 miles away who got who called the police and got into an Uber and came home. Um, but I sent my son, my, the one that was home, I sent him also out of the house because I was in shock. Um, right. And when the police came, and that was one of my biggest mistakes, was, um, and I'm in the middle of writing a book, so I'm not going to say too much of it, but, you know, we look back <laughs> at the mistakes we made, um, and, you know, I was just numb and in shock. 
And I said, I hold the right to um, to file a complaint at a later time. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to talk because I was in such shock. Um, right. And then, well, obviously he left the home and that was, you know, disappeared. But, you know, my kids were angry. My son, was, my kids were angry at me. And they, one was... Hmm, not even 17, one was 18 maybe, the older one was 18, and then the youngest wasn't home at the time, but, you know, you know, I wish I would have, look, everything happens for a reason, you know, but my torture was more stalking, harassment, um, um, my post-separation was horrific, Um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I I can't judge you because nobody knows what it's like to be in your shoes. You know, I can judge Absolutely. the judge who mm-hmm. should be held accountable. I could tell you right off the bat that, yes, our laws are vague and can be interpreted in many different ways. I know for me, for in my case, um, you know, it says clearly what stalking, harassment, cyberbullying, um, um, you know, all of that, uh, what it is, and you could shove it in their face over and over. Um, you know, it's a history and a pattern of threats um, that suggest harm, something to this effect, whether they harm you or not, but you do fear for your life. And I ha- was able to prove it over a thousand times, like a gazillion times. That it was him, because right. then he, then he got smart and started using Google numbers or fake numbers. Um, <laughs> but the the point is, it's a history and a pattern. That's all you need. Exactly. And you know, I had threats that he was going to kill me and he was going to kill a cop and he was going to. And uh, again, you know, I didn't follow through. The few times they were about to arrest him, I didn't follow through. Because you get scared, or your child you says, do. "Please don't do it, mom." Um, mm-hmm. And you know, looking back again, you know, and then when I finally had the courage to do it, to to go after him, they didn't want to, and I fought and fought and I threatened, you know, to go to the media and every. I mean, he got five months. And then a year on probation, the rest of the year on probation. And of, of course, he left the state on probation, violated probation, warrant for his arrest, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's like, it's, it, it, what you're doing is amazing. Um, I do want to say, Thank you. We, have a, we have a caller, with two callers. One is just listening. Um, she's dealing okay. with stuff in court right now, so she can't talk. But, you know, we're used to dealing with family court. Um, I dealt with criminal court because my ex violated a restraining order recently and a whole year mm-hmm. went through crap. He was not coming back to Florida. The judge decided mm-hmm. he's having a, she's having a, wants a trial. I said, but he's not coming back. Why are you putting me through this? Make a deal. They made a deal and, you know, he didn't even get a warrant, you know, because he didn't show up. But, and, and they gave him an, uh, um, a, you know, he wasn't 
indigent, and they still gave him an attorney, public defender. Um, you know, it's like cr- the criminals get away with, you know, they reoffend because they keep getting away with it. And then family court, you have these, again, you know, these, these narcissistic abusers that have the money, and they just, again, they just, it's, it's, a, it's $80 billion business. In the, in the family court system. They do, system. and I'm I assuming... feel like the court gives them way too many chances. Because... That's in criminal I, court. The... And... Yeah, yeah, go on, sorry. Uh, I, go on. I feel like... I feel like that the, the judges... And, and you know, I, I think the, the agency that worked with me was called Safe Passage. Um, they're wonderful. Um, I've worked with them a lot. Um, collaborated with them you know, once they've helped me through and um, they do try to educate the judges and the, and the law enforcement agents, you know, sheriffs and deputies and all that. And I think the, the deputies and sheriffs and, and police officers, I think they get it because they are in it 24 seven. Um, all that, you know, the, the judges see is what's presented to them at court. And I think that they need to learn more about the cycle of abuse the trauma mm-hmm. bonds, all of the mm-hmm. stuff that we know to be true, because all they do is they see a history of, oh, well, we, we hauled him in for domestic violence and she dropped it. And then we hauled him right. again and again, and she dropped it. And you know what? Well, She's not going to get a chance to drop it again because he could kill her. Right. This is a problem. And that's, I was glad they have to see that the, the county prosecutor took it over. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm going to bring on one of our callers. Um, yeah. Okay. Hi, this is the one that's not. Hello, Bailey. This is the one that's not in court. So you got the right number here. <laughs> it's, uh, this so, is Kathy. it's so good to hear from you. Yeah, I've been listening, and uh, I just wanted to make a couple comments. Uh, certain, um, Definitely. You made, uh, it's great that you're, hope you're dealing with the, legislators and they give give you more than lip service i I know you know how that goes and you know it's great you're following through but you are absolutely right having children i was not a victim of domestic violence from a spouse but i certainly grew up with it in children with my parents uh we didn't see i don't think the worst of it because i did come home and she'd have black eyes i didn't see it oh they never got along and it was it so we really as children four of us would um and we were young uh, just kind of isolate ourselves from the whole thing, you know. We just did our own thing and left them to themselves. There wasn't any closeness uh, from parents because they were so involved with each other, and that was bad. But the kids know. And also you had said something earlier, Laura, about how when you go through something really violent, it's as if you're having almost like a bird's-eye view. You disassociate, and certainly the... Uh, because I was also subjected to a very violent attack at the end of that family relationship. And you do have, uh, um, you know, the physical things disappear long before the uh, trauma really Mm -hmm. takes hold. But it was tough for me because of what I saw growing up as a child to even be willing to commit to anybody. And... uh, you know, kept me kind of detached, but it, you know, quietly got mm-hmm. better. Let's see, the holding of 72 hours, uh, 78 hours, 72 hours, and I wrote 78, but you said 72. Um, I I don't know whether that would, uh, 
in the, if you can't get him to be held for longer, you know, to be or mm-hmm. something would would just piss him off and make it worse. I know that's, you know, it, I no, didn't think I, you're about, exactly right, Gabby. <laughs> you know, I I I think about is that gonna you know you better have some. It's terrible <laughs> to say that. But and then what do you no. do during that seventy-eight, seventy-two hours? I'd get the hell out of Dodge. I don't know how else to put it, you know. And it's tough, <laughs> I know. And what about you know? And yeah. I and I know it's so. Most of the time, people tell the truth, and I'm not even insinuating that anyone would, uh, you know, be through. And I can certainly feel it, having suffered violence myself. That you're not, you know, not even insinuating that you would be, but you know. People do. People will sit there and say that the guy did something when he didn't, you know. And I just, I, mm-hmm. it, that's, that's just makes it harder for when women do, and as you say, and I'm doing the same thing. Typically, it's the woman and the guy, you know, who's with bone, mm-hmm. and the woman who's being abused. But you know, right. it, it's still, it's so hurtful. I mean, it really ticks me off when I hear people, you know cry rape you know because I, I just it just makes it so harder for those of us that tell the truth and uh right you know so uh, i don't know but just that the children do know i know that there was a lot going on in that house uh like you were saying you tried to keep it apart and they'd even scream at each other we said we weren't going to do this in front of the children and so we just get the <laughs> hell out of the house you know well you're clearly doing it and the house wasn't safe so but, right. Uh, yeah, and it's just a lot, and I know that you know Bailey knows that uh, there's others in Maine, and and we have a, they're trying to get stronger domestic violence yeah. uh, legislation yeah. in there. Um, yeah. In fact, what bothers me is they finally lift, lift the statutes for limitations for rape victims, and most of us we were kids at home, which is what happened to me. And, you know, it's too late, you know, it's a three-year window, it's a this and that. I mean, it's better than nothing, let's put it that way, but, I, you know, it's it's really tough. I just, uh, it's just t- so telling, you know, and it's just so much you can relate to. Abuse is abuse, and while, you know, I wasn't abused by a spouse, um, I certainly was abused, and I, I think that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like you say, perhaps it was good that I got the hell out of there and away from them at a young age. I didn't try to hit for, uh, go for justice until later. But these judges, you know, and these lawyers, and they're going to do what they're going to do. They've got a job. They want to make money, move on to the next. It's terrible. And it's yep. just... Uh, well, and the, the court system so backed up, too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So much. And we're just a number. Yeah. We're just a number. In criminal court you're mm-hmm. just the victims are just a number. Yeah, we had That's another another young lady another young lady in our state um was fighting on a family court with her daughter and she turned eighteen. It was three years, you know, and then she's eighteen and you know, what do you do? So it's just so strained going through the whole thing and so draining on you. So I'm just, my heart bleeds from so many, you know. That's all, all I can say. It's just very tough. But mm-hmm. it's, you really artic- you're very articulate, and, and, and your story's been very riveting. And I just wanted to call and thank you for bleeding your heart I out sent for us you the link. I sent you the link, Kathy. For some reason I can't get onto Facebook right now, but I sent you the link via messenger to sign for this change.org. 
Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, so I certainly will look at it, it, and I have no problem signing it, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, I and she, you've had it on for this long, and it's a shame, but, you know, there's so many. I'm not saying that it's not – I just don't think – I certainly will sign it. I have no problem with it. It's just – I just don't think it has the uh, – Force. Although she did get the legislator to call it because it did get some. Yeah. I would. I right. would. Uh, yeah. I would definitely. I would definitely also send me if it's in there to contact the legislator who's sponsoring the bill, and I would certainly write to them. I believe. I believe it does. It, it's in, it's um, it's state representative Zach Payne. Yeah, um, I think that's. And I believe I think he's directly, in there. Yeah. Directly contacting the sponsors and also the right. ones that would be on this would be a lot more. It's not like I have any problem doing it, but you know, you you flip, mm-hmm. you sign, you go to something yep. and sign, and you know, they don't have the impact of actually writing an individual um, letter to the because the leg, to the legislators because they'll tell you uh, if you talk to them that yeah, people say things, <laughs> but we have like. Nine people have contacted me about this bill. You know, it's been sitting. You know, that's not, and and that's but she already the most has, I've gotten. She already has, she already has legislators on her side. It's a small town. Yeah, or whatever. that's what I'm saying. And, and they um, say that's a lot. So that the you know you have 900 and something signatures on there. But if you get nine people to write, it has more weight yeah, than absolutely. all of the. That's yeah, what I'm absolutely. saying. I'm saying yes, nine is absolutely. a lot. In other words, they don't get that many there, you know. Right. And uh, we've been anyway. Even if even going, if you're from. Go on. Sorry. No, even if you're from out of state, if you have, if you can hit directly onto it, and okay. uh, I don't know. That's what I would certainly do. It. I just wanted uh, to. I think that's a great idea. Um, Change.org has the ability for me to post updates. Um, I would be happy to put that information on there. Um, yeah, that way. Maybe that, that, way, that, that would make some more. Do more. Right. Yeah, we absolutely. could do more. Okay. Thank you for that idea. I appreciate that, Kathy. Thank you so much for sharing everything and, and Bailey for making the platform available. And it is true. I mean, I, I was listening to you. You were saying it's not always spousal abuse, and certainly it isn't. I mean, children suffer deeply in these homes. Mm, absolutely. We didn't even get I to that you know, I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I worried about, you know, my my children being from a broken home and, and taking their father away from them when, in fact, I should have, mm-hmm. it would have been healthier mm-hmm. if I kicked him out mm-hmm. and, and they would have mm-hmm. been better adjusted. We would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But you I don't think see at that nine, until after the fact. At, at, not, at nine or ten, I was begging for them to stop fighting. I think at 13 years old, I was screaming for them to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, wow. I mean, uh, that's yeah. just... But it's not like I, uh, I, I did get I, I did have a, um, a marriage that ended earlier, and I had looked at it and realized this is just not going to go anywhere. And it was ten years we were together. I mean, but we and we planned a child, and he was three, and uh, I said this is the time, you know, when he's three. And it wasn't. It didn't rise to the um, level of anything abusive. He he just wasn't interested in being married, you know, and you know, so he's uh, so he's. You know, let him go, but they still have a relationship. Well, he's already 42 years old, my youngest son, so it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so, but. Um, Kathy, so much re- for supporting my sh- the show. I will. I I thank you so much, and I look forward to reading it and signing it and, and listening to the thank rest you. and tying it all up. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, Kathy. It's nice Bye-bye. to hear your voice. <laughs> so, um, I just, you know, I wanted to talk about just 
bring up very quickly, you know, um, you know, in Florida, we're dealing with a, a very huge corruption. Forget criminal court is bad, but family court mm-hmm. is even worse. And I'm a court watcher, so I watch a lot of um, family court. And somebody posted, mm-hmm. um, somebody put up a post on Instagram, and they wrote, "Family court, something is a shit show." I said, "You just stole my line. That's what I call it when I watch it. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're watching something and you can't believe it's happening, and it's happening. Right. And you know, the the problem is that." Judges are everybody's in cahoots, and like you said, you know they wore the they knew how to wear the judge down. That should not be happening. That should not be okay. A judge has to be strong enough to be able to not be worn down, and you know not allow this to happen. And unfortunately, it's happening. And in family court, it's they're in cahoots with the bad side. Usually, the abusers. Right. And this is this right. is children's lives at stake, and these judges, if they'd be held accountable, now there there's a bond that judges have to have. I think it's up to two hundred thousand dollars. If they mm-hmm. if that judge should have been held accountable, if her family went after him, that something might have happened. You know, they say, oh, you know law enforcement and judges and all these people don't know that they can be held accountable. Um, unfortunately. I, yeah. And, and I think yeah. that one of, one of the reporters was talking about, you know, are, are you afraid of a wrongful death suit? And he got yeah. through the no comment point at that point. Um, I mean, they could have done that. Did they do that? Unfortunately they didn't. Um, nice. They just honestly, I think chalked it up to something that, just happened and it didn't just happen um one of the things i would love to see is term limits on judges oh yeah yeah well we have that's what there's term limits on everything else so in florida we have it's called families against court travesty facts um you can i i i tag them a lot so you can look them up and we we've we've become bigger i mean it's a bunch of older women that started this 20-something years ago, and Mm -hmm. now a bunch of younger of us have started doing it and helping them. And we've been making a very big presence and started in other states. We've been contacted by other people. So we can do it anywhere. It would be amazing if other states started their own, but we've been watching family court cases, I believe, if it's an open criminal case, we can watch that too. And since, well, yeah, we can't, we, we have been in Florida, the criminal cases, you go to court. Or you can, in my county, I was, I, the last one, the final one, I, I just was on Zoom. I wasn't driving down there. Um, I knew that they were get, making a deal. And, um, but, you know, um, because it's, it's Zoom, we can watch in any state. So, you know, we're making a present, and you know, you know, you know, some judges, counselors, guardian items, they don't care, and they're so, they're so sloppy, but, but you know, we're watching this, 
and we're watching them and we're taking notes and you know that's how we hope to make some sort of change um but we had a case in florida and that's how we all got connected where one year ago last uh, two weeks ago one, one year ago a week a week plus ago um a little boy was murdered by his father and um we've been working on grayson's law i don't know if you've heard about that but um mm-hmm. and that and you know it made, like i said it it made it to the first round unanimous and it never made it to the second round because of a lot of corruption you know we're going to we're starting early this year, this for the next year um you know we've learned so much and we've put together committees and you know so you know this man didn't want this child he told her to get an abortion they were not married we moved to florida with her mom we had the kids six months old he decided to come to florida and turn his test and then and then asked for 50 50 custody and everything was awarded even with all the proof and everything and going back to court um and then and then the harassment and stalking got worse as she was dating someone else. And basically, you know, um, in the end, he um, he murdered the little boy at four and a half years old and then himself. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. were so many red flags. She had all the red flags um, right there. And the judges... I think there were two or three. Her attorneys weren't doing their job. The police, you know, and that's the problem that's happening here is that we have too many children being handed over to abusers. <laughs> and Absolutely. you know, you know, I I want I would like to ask you how your children are doing because I know my children that witnessed. You know, my ex was a good dad up until all this craziness happened. Um, mm-hmm. So for the most part, they they loved their father, and they had a great relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, he just went crazy. Now, was he an abuser for 20-something years? Yes. Again, I didn't know what abuse was. I didn't know what verbal, mental, mm-hmm. emotional control manipulation was until after I he beat me and my marriage was over and I knew it was over. And I went to group therapy in a domestic violence shelter for a year and a half and started listening to other people's stories and started seeing myself in them. So, you know, now we have a, a way more awareness, you know, and support systems and all that. But I had no idea. You know, I, I like I said, like you said, I made excuses. Oh, he has angry, his anger issues, and we went to therapy and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, but people are more aware now that there is course of control, and that's worse than physical abuse um, for the most part because if he's very violent, he will kill you. Um, and if you would have stayed in your marriage, you would not be here today if you didn't do if what happened that night did not happen the way it went down, you would not be here today, unfortunately, to fight for this other Laura and yourself and the effects it had on your children. Um, 
Exactly. And, and you know, so it's, it's very important that we have people like you, people like what we're doing down here in Florida, um, to, to bring attention. You know, we're connected. We don't have, unfortunately, um, a national coalition for domestic violence because there was corruption, and we're trying to get one put together. I think Florida is, like, one of the only states that doesn't have one right now. Um, and it's, I know that it's been two years in the works. Um, I spoke to the mm-hmm. uh, domestic violence shelter. Um, actually, the one that I, I went to for therapy, so the woman that's running it now, she's been working with people um, to get one restarted, and it's not so easy. But now we're all connecting no. and coming together. So, it's, and, you know, it's... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that they, they are trying to, you know know that there's an absence of that, that organization that's desperately needed. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, Domestic Violence Awareness Month is October, and that's very much in the news, and it's very out there, and that's great. But it's not – it doesn't only just happen in October. You know, it's something right. – and I will say with, the, you know, the current V court case that's been on TV for, you know, the last six weeks. Yeah. Um, Another and brought it show. kind of back into – yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, has brought it back into the, the forefront. And before Literally. that, it was Gabby Petito, you know, and yeah. and yeah. and before that, well, we it, was had, some, it was something else. Yeah, we just had a mom in Florida that in a, in the exchange of her daughter to her ex, her ex, sorry, her ex boyfriend exchanging her daughter, he took her. I don't know. We don't. I don't know all the details. As to why she was alone. alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of the people, this one woman that helped start one of our organizations, Florida Protective Parents, she was in the search helping. And her family's putting together a law that we're helping. Like, we're really connecting. And we want to help bring Cassie Carley to, to justice because... So I believe the law that they want is the bill that they want um, is that if there something <clears throat> went something about the exchange or something about the person goes missing, I think um, her family should get the kid. Whoever goes missing, their family should get the kid within a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. two weeks, for her mm-hmm. family to get the child. And he was already oh, there. Oh dear, you know. Yeah. yeah. So they, they want something very specific because if you put too much in there, it won't even get looked at. But you know. Oh right! Absolutely! So Absolutely! So there's so many different parts. You know, like I want to see statutes written better, like you were saying, um, especially when it comes to um, domestic violence. We have like three statutes. One is is based on the physical. Um, and it's literally a joke. And then the one is stalking, harassment, cyberbullying, and then there's one other statute. But um, we want to see coercive control, um, um, which VAWA has put, helped put into place, but it has to be implemented. Like you were saying, you know, if, if the police don't put, write the report properly and put the right statutes 
inside the report and write it and mm-hmm. it's written up with your statement, with your pictures, with all the evidence. It doesn't make it to the DA's office, to the DA. And if it does make it to the DA, it, it's got to stick. Like in your case, where exactly. it didn't. It didn't stick right. properly, you know, and I can't even imagine. I know what I'm still dealing with, and my kids are six, seven years later. What I'm dealing mm-hmm. with as far as mental health and things like that, I can't even imagine the effects on your children who were literally right there involved. Um, and exactly. You know, you know so. and, and I, I worry about that, when, when, especially it made me think about that when, when Kathy was, was talking. Um, you know, I, I worry about the fact that I stayed too long. You know, what, is that, what did that do to the relationships that they're going to have? Uh, my oldest was married and unfortunately was married to an abusive woman and um, ended up divorcing her and um, was actually, that's why he was staying with us. Um, when my whole situation went down. So I know that affected him. And actually, did he never my get, oldest did he not now, get help? Sorry. Um, yeah, he's got, well, <laughs> caveat to this. He is now a transgender woman. Oh. So, yes, okay. uh, she is, is getting, um, she has, you know, she's going through therapy, um, not only for enduring the abuse that I went through, as, you know, as, with her being the child, then now, you know, she also went through abuse as a spouse, as, you know, that that's intimate partner violence versus, you know, just yes. child yes. abuse. Yes. I mean, because what was going on was child abuse. And I feel guilty mm-hmm. for that because even though I was a victim too, I was a party to that. And, and you know, I could have left sooner. But you know, nobody Nothing, knows. You, you can't go you know, backwards. You, can, you can't. You no, can't go no, backwards. you can't go through all those what if scenarios. It'll drive you crazy. We can't. Um, I can't. I. I. Uh, the minute the minute I was healthy, because I I started getting help right away, so I was able to help my children. Um, well, and it's still it's it's still, like I said, going almost seven years later, that violence happened. Okay, I'm not gonna. It was two and a half years of of, of post separation abuse um, that we all went through, and um, and then him leaving the state, and then like abandoning the kids. Um, you know, it's it's. I I right away as soon as I was in a good place, in a healthier place, you know, because um, we're never in a great place. There's always it's a journey. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I said to myself, this happened for a reason, and I have to do something about it, like you, like you say, like you're saying, which is when I started the show. And, you know, um, and, and doing my advocacy and getting involved with whatever I can get involved in. Um, and I'm in the process right. with a ghostwriter writing a book. Um, and, you know, so I... I had to tell myself, this happened for a reason, I'm going out there to help others, and which is what I'm doing. Now, 
when it comes to the exactly. effects on my cho- effects on my children, that's a question I have for God. You know, what did they ever do to deserve it, and why are they still having to cope with the mental health? It's unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a struggle right. I have still. Um, and everybody's getting help. You know, my youngest is 18, and he's, you know, been getting help literally from the beginning. I've raised him. I have a custody of him. And I was lucky because he, I didn't have mm-hmm. to go to found the court because he left the state. But that's because I fought so hard to get him locked up. And the final straw mm-hmm. was that he left me a message of how he was going to kill me. And in the end, they didn't mm-hmm. use that. They didn't even use that. They used all my. Te- they used my text, stalking harassment. So you put me through hell for two and a half years. For two years, you let him do this to me. You just got him on a misdemeanor. You know, it, it, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But very. in the end, I didn't have to deal with family court, which I'm very lucky because I'm watching what's going on. So I feel blessed mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But then again, I watch my children and what they have to deal with and their pain, and that is horrific. Right. Um, and then right. you know we have we have kids that are being murdered. Then we have kids that are being handed over fifty percent of the time to abusers. Yes, if a man is exactly a, or a that's woman a, that's problematic. are abusive. Right. If a man or a woman is abusive to each one or another to their partner, they are going to be abusive to their children. They're it's just mm-hmm. a fact, and this is what people what they have to start recognizing. Abusers are abusers. They're not going to be a good parent if they are an yeah. abuser, and that's what happened in the exactly. story. Oh, he's well, he's with his dad, so what's the problem there? Well, because his dad is a friggin' abuser, and he's threatening my life. <laughs> and and I'm afraid when when the abusers are narcissists. Everybody's a pawn. We're a thing. Yes. They, I don't know yes. that they exactly know how to love. I mean, they, so my my youngest child, after all this was said and done, and he was getting visitation of 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 him, he would use him against me. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you know, question him. What's your mom doing? What she is she, you know? And of course, my my youngest loves both of his parents and wants mm-hmm. to, you know, please. And so he's like, well, mom's been very mm-hmm. upset. She's been crying, you know, and I had, but, you know, that then that <laughs> leads, you know, my abuser to think, oh, well, she's remorseful. Maybe she'll drop all of this. And I really think that was one of the reasons why he had his attorney besides getting him off of criminal charges, felony charges. Um, drugged that out for so long, he thought I would come back. And I did four times previously, but not this time. This time was, right. this time was pretty serious. And, and you know, because I, I sat in my car while the police were trying to chase him down, thinking, if I go back to him, he's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I won't survive it. And mm-hmm. I told that to my oldest, and he's sitting there going, yeah, Mom, yeah. And And my oldest had told me later he was glad that I said that out loud because once I said that out loud and I couldn't unsay it, you know, I, right. I knew, I knew that to be true. So I guess I was putting that out to, into the universe. I'm not exactly sure, but um, I'm, you know, 
it was very eye-opening um, what all went down and, and how I feel like I was kept, you know, I was kept alive for a purpose as well. I, I want to help other people because I would not wish this nightmare on anyone. Having to go through it, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I still have nightmares about it. I still, you of know, course. like I told you, my, my doctor said that <laughs> – my brain looked like a combat veteran. Um, mm-hmm. I have P- I have complex PTSD. I've had PTSD. a mild traumatic brain injury. I and and, and yes. the, you know we were talking about the physical healing, not only that heals, but then it can come back later as something else. I now have fibromyalgia. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's pretty interesting the effects of abuse because, you know, and I I got pretty candid with my doctor. Of course, she tested, you know, once we found out he was being um, not faithful um, because I had women coming up to me after the fact because they'd seen it on the news, for gosh sake, mm-hmm. um, going, oh, I had no idea he was married. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? You know, and I'm thinking, who are you guys? Oh, well, well I you know he was married and, you know. You saved them, <laughs> okay. though, but you saved them from going. I did. For being his and next victim, maybe. Yeah, I did. Maybe. She talked to me for everything someone. under the sun. Yeah, and um, thankfully everything looked negative. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, very she, unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always said that if my ex cheated on me, that would be the end of it, because I never mm-hmm. thought he would. But I might have stayed. I never thought he would either. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't find out till after we were separated. Um, it all started coming out, or at least the truth. I knew. I. I always. Right. There were times I, I. I. There were times that I thought possibly, and then I was gaslighted. I mean, like he blew. Mm-hmm. Cap, like he blew it. Um, that I would even think that, but. I think that if he didn't beat me, I might have stayed with him for the kids. Right. So, you, you know, know and, and that's not, you know, we, we, like I said, we have this, like, eternal hope that it's going to get better, that we can forgive them, and we'll move forward. And it doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. I know. I, I you know, we don't, we don't need to go down that what-if path. It's sometimes you just wonder, I don't think I would have survived much longer after that if I'd stayed or if I... So no, no, it's okay. He's just, you know, in a drunken rage. No. He beat me in front right. of the, uh, in front of our youngest child. So then it turned into not no longer my control anyway. So, right. you know. Well, it, it, just about your oldest, <laughs> I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I think my personal, from what I understand about people that are transgender, um, mm-hmm. I think they're born that way. And I think that yeah. it, this what, what he went through um, just allowed it to come out. So that might have been a good uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And and I think I was so busy and tormented by but their dad that I didn't see it. I didn't. And I, I feel, um, you know, I felt some guilt for that, too. Um, try, you know, I'm, I won't say I 100% understand, but I'm very supportive, you know, 
Um, I've helped her, you know, do a lot of different legal things that, you know, and, and whatnot. Um, we went to an appointment today for her to, uh, get more estrogen. Um, so, you know, I'm being supportive. Um, unfortunately their dad won't acknowledge it. Um, of course my youngest, my youngest was always different. Um, and, um, had issues in school and things had, you know, so I finally, after I left their dad, had the courage to, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing because nobody would see what I saw. Um, mm-hmm. My youngest is on the autism spectrum. They had him evaluated mm-hmm. and they agreed. I mean, he's um, on the higher end of the autism spectrum, but nonetheless, it's a very broad spectrum. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then my middle child, told her dad and he was like, well, there's nothing wrong with my kid. Well, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with people with autism. They're, they're different. That's all. Right. Just different. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that I always knew that to be true. And ever since we embraced it, life has gotten, I won't say easier, but it's, it's gotten more manageable. And, you know, because this whole time that we were under this regime of this man, we had to suppress everything, which I think makes, you know, mental, you know, mental illness Mm -hmm. come out. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to repress things and suppress things for so long. That's when, you know, I I have huge anxiety and, you know, Mm. I wrestled with depression and, um, Mm -hmm. and I, I still wrestle with my anxiety and (laughs) it's like falling asleep on the couch. If I do that, because I've had to sleep on the couch so many nights, I got kicked out of my own bedroom or locked out mm. of my house and had to sleep on the trampoline, which is why I won't go on trampolines anymore. Weird story. But anyway, oh um, if I fall asleep on the couch, if I, when I wake up, I panic. I have no reason oh to panic God. anymore, but I still panic because that old fear is there. And right. um, I have to get up and do some breathing, some breathing exercises and take myself to bed, you know, <laughs> right. you're okay. Right. You're in a safe place, you know, and it's a lot of self-talk, right. but you know, and it's just, it's just something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. I mean, I, I'm mm-hmm. coping with it, I think better than I initially thought I would, but you know, I, at three, was it three weeks after, maybe even less than that, between two to three weeks after the final incident, I had a concealed carry um, license. Yeah, I I, um, I have one. I'm still training. Yeah. yeah. I've been training for a year yeah. and a half, but I have my license. I, w- I won't have a gun yeah. until I'm, I'm 1 million percent ready. Like, because you have a yeah. split second to make that decision, you know? Um, right, right. But I was petrified of guns. So that was I always had a healthy respect for guns, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something and it, it changes things a little bit when you've had one fired at you. Um, right. I mean, I already knew they were, they're, they're a tool. They're, they can be deadly. Um, if the person mm-hmm. with the intent behind it, you know, has that intent, but I, I, you have to overcome your fear. I don't I'm not saying you, but mm-hmm. I had to overcome yeah, my no. fear. Right. A little bit Me too. To, to do that, mm-hmm. to make sure that, and I've, I've had to, you know, I thought some, I thought he was sneaking around my house one evening, probably 
couple months after the incident, and he had sent somebody to scare me. Um, and I almost shot that person. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, you know, it's, I'm it's, sure you it's feel been a long journey for having. Yeah. It's, 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 I, I do feel a lot safer journey. having a gun. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, you know, that just because, you know, if somebody has a gun or has locks on their door or alarms, that doesn't always make you safe. No. You have to, I mean, you also have to be smart and you have to learn, yeah. um, you know, and, and adapt and all of that because safety is a, a, a state of mind. I'm going to live my life in the safest way I know, but, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst type thing. Um, right. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, when I'm, as I train, I, you know, I have a great instructor and I'm learning like all these things like about awareness, you know, Absolutely. Of aware of, be aware of your surroundings. You know, I go walking at night, even though I'm in a safe neighborhood, I keep one of my headphones out and I'm not on my phone a lot. You know, I'm aware of my surroundings, even though I feel totally safe. You know, um, I, I'm teaching my kids. You know, don't don't go out and have your music blasting in your ears. You need to be aware exactly. of your surroundings. You know, so I'm learning well, all these I mean, different things. One of the what who um, who's teaching you is 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 the person like a. a a gun instructor yeah, no, or like a veteran? No, yeah, he's a yeah, he both. He's he's doing this both. for years and years. I mean, he I believe he was a veteran. I believe, mm-hmm. but he's been doing this for many many years. It's a side thing. Um, he's also a coach at my gym. Um, mm-hmm. um, he trains cops. I mean, he he tells me stories nice. of people that that have been shooting guns forever and they're shooting so incorrectly. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like, the best, it's very the best way to conquer your fear is learn the right way to do it. Right. So, I mean, my, my fear is of, not, is of impulse. You know, you have that one split mm-hmm. second to make a decision. Whether you can end up in jail or you or you're really um, shooting because you're in fear of your life and you have no choice. Absolutely. So, so when I am at that point where I feel like um, um, I've got it down pat, I will purchase a gun. I also have an 18 year old home. Obviously, it would be locked up, but. I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to ever, you know, be, you know, I don't know. I just, I want to, I want to do it the safe way. And Exactly. And I, I understand that completely. So, but it's, I did it as, as an empowering thing, you know, um, in my journey of healing. That was, you know, overcoming the fear. And, you know, I believe, look, what happened in, in, in um, Texas. With the shooting in the school, I I think it's I think it, we need to have um, teachers be trained or principals or healthcare professionals at a school be trained. I don't I don't I personally don't have not seen police um, um, protect people in many cases. 
um, in my own case. Um, so I have to, I feel like we need to protect, learn how to protect ourselves as long as we do it the right way and the safe way. Right. Um, well, and, so and I will say with, with law enforcement, yeah, I, and I agree. Um, I know sometimes law enforcement are kind of limited as to what they can do, but I think in, in the domestic violence situation, now the roles are changing. I mean, we've got, you know, same-sex companionship, things like that, um, you know, that they need further training to evolve oh, over yeah. time. Because it's yes. like, you know, we saw in, in, in Johnny it's Depp versus happen. Amber Heard. Yeah, it's not, you know what? Yeah. It's, so. Cops, cops, I don't know if you saw my most recent post tonight, but um, before the show, um, I don't, I think that so many of these people that are, are in charge uh, or that we hope to save us or protect us are abusers and narcissists. Um, and I think, oh, I think they that, can be. Yeah. and I'm not saying all, I'm saying a lot of them. Right. And because and, I'm, as a, as a court watcher, I'm seeing it in court and as a, a domestic violence survivor, um, and dealing with the police for so, for so long and different police departments, um, in different counties, I see, I see it. I think they're power and control. Right. I'm sorry. Go on. Mm-hmm. And 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 I would I would be I would be inclined to agree with you. I will say that the the group of of officers that came that night, I'm so thankful for. They I think they handled it really well, right. and um, right. you know couldn't thank them enough for what they did. Um, because one of them was on the scene when the other Laura died, and he said, "Every time I have a domestic uh, that I have to go to, I think not tonight." not happening tonight and I appreciated that comment um, more than he could ever know but you know I, I think I mean there's corruption everywhere I, I really think as we have younger officers coming on board I really think mm-hmm. the training needs to change yeah and, and, and it needs yes. to evolve a little bit and that right yeah and, and yes. I think once once I get Laura's law through that's my next endeavor is I, I want that I mm-hmm. want that training updated. I want that you know, there's a victim and there's an abuser. It does not matter if they're male or female or they don't identify. That's not your call. You have to identify who is the victim and who is the abuser. And clearly they couldn't even do that with, with poor Gabby Petito. Um right. they couldn't see that because they weren't properly right. trained in the domestic violence continuum, trauma bonding victim, you know, victimization. They weren't trained well. No. It has to be done and, while And, you know, that needs to change. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would agree. And, and ongoing yearly updates and training, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you train them when they're young, before their ego and have that power, <laughs> you know. Exactly. No, they're still young and, and, and you start the training then. Um, I have to close out the show, Laura. Thank you so much. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Um, I just post. I already posted the change that works. Um, oh, thank you. you. Update it, um, it. It'll be. Yeah, it'll be the same link. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my my thing is is you know for people that have possibly been you know victimized, mm-hmm. be safe. 
you can't do what everybody's expecting you to do. You have to do what's safe for you. And if somebody divulges abuse, believe them and, and, and see right. what you can, what they need and just listen. And that's usually my advice to, you know, to the masses. And always have a safety plan. <laughs> always have a safety plan. Yes. Um, when yes. you um, are planning to leave. Um, and the, you, we can't help these people. They're not going to get better. Never forget that. Right. They are not going to get better. We can't save them. They're not going to get the help that they need. If, if they can be saved, it's only going to end up right. worse. Or you'll end up gone, which we don't want to see that mm-hmm. anymore. So, Absolutely well, not. I, I'm so glad you brought up um, about the other Laura, and I... Um, I I hope that that law gets passed, as do I hope we have change here in Florida. Um, Absolutely, and, me too. You know, it's about saving our children because they're our future. Um, safety of our children because they're our future. And mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about. So thank you so much for coming on, um, Laura. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Kathy, for calling in. I'm going to close out. Um to my listener, my quiet listener, thank you for calling in. Um, thank you to Charlie for being my original co-host and getting me off the ground and having faith in me and Joe Cox for the blog talk radio time. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, and um, thank you to my guest, Laura Mosley. Please check out her blog. It's wherever I posted the show, um, please sign this petition. I already posted it. Um, we need to have change. We need to make people feel secure when they call the police and that ju- they get justice um, so we don't have any more death. Um, you know, it's just an unfair situation. People should be able to feel safe getting help to save themselves or their children. Um, and please don't ever, ever, ever give up. Have a great night. With a little perseverance, you can get things done. The battle blind adherence that has conquered some. Everybody wants to know you're not